Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. A couple weeks ago, uh, several weeks back now, I guess, uh, started talking on the subject. Go over to John chapter 4. Started ministering along these lines and... Uh, uh, tonight I'm going to endeavor to uh, sift through some things here and, and get to the end of this, but uh, we'll see what the Lord has for us. But um, talking on the subject of worship, and uh, I, if you can tell, it's been it's been a theme. Not just when I've ministered, it's been a theme. Something that the Lord's talking to us about, and uh, you know we're growing in God, Amen. We're developing, we're learning more, and and you know getting uh, uh, when the Lord brings these things to our attention, it begins to. Uh, uh, emphasize things. It's not just for the sake of emphasizing something. It's so that we can then step out and do the things that he's talking about and experience the blessing that comes to attached to doing what the word says and obeying and following the Holy Ghost. And, uh, you know, the Bible says in a Psalm, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. Everybody say taste and see. And it's one thing to see a good meal. It's something else to taste it. Right, it's one thing to see it from a distance, and some of you driving down the interstate, you know, and you see a billboard, and when you're not hungry, you see this billboard, where suddenly it gets you hungry, right? I hadn't thought about this. I could actually have, if I could have, I could stop in right there, see an outback sign or something. Ooh, a blooming onion. Mm, I could, have, I could, I can get into that. Suddenly you're ready for that. Well, you know, the Lord doesn't just put things up in front of us to tease us. And well, let's go back a second. What he does give, what he does do, he, he puts things out there for us to uh, get our interest up. He gets to get our interest up. You know, God's so good. He'll even, he'll even supply the motivator, or the catalyst for us to have interest in what he's doing. Aren't you glad for that? I mean, he's got it all figured out. But, you know, it's up to us whether we ignore the signs or not. You know, you can drive down the road and, and, and one person can see a sign and somebody else not see it because their attention is other places. And so, you know, it's important that your attention be where it needs to be, right? So the things that the Lord is emphasizing, it's not just another message. If you're in the habit of just coming to hear a good message, get out of that habit. It's not just a message. There are things that the Lord wants us to actually listen, judge it by the word. Obviously, make sure it lines up with God's word. But if it does, put, then put it into practice. But you got to pay attention, right? And so he, he puts these things out in front of us. And it's not just to, uh, uh, just to, to tease us. Like the old cartoon, you know, I remember Bugs Bunny show when I was a kid. That dates me, doesn't it? They don't even do Bugs. When Bugs, well, actually, they do have a Bugs Bunny show, and it's terrible now. But back when the Bugs Bunny show, they used to, like, blow each other up and stuff. In the good old days when it was good and not politically correct, right? The good ones. You can't do that stuff anymore, but uh, dropping anvils on everybody's heads, stuff like that. Back in the good days. But they would uh, have a character, you know, sitting on top of somebody and, and has a carrot out in front of them, making them run around, doing crazy stuff. Remember that, you know? God does not have carrots out in front of us so we can just chase things. Yes, he wants us to go somewhere, but he wants us to taste what he's advertising and, then, and just move along from thing to thing, right? And from glory to glory. So the things that we're talking about, he wants you to, to see that, there, that there's something there for you, but then to experience it, to taste it, to sample what the Lord has to offer. Say it, taste and see that the Lord is good. When you get a taste of, of what he has to offer, the blessings and just the, the richness of life that is enjoyed when just living with him, 
And just spending time with him and experiencing him on a daily basis, I tell you what, it, it, it is something that you'll, 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 you'll acquire a real taste for, a real desire for, amen? And so he's wanting us to experience some things. He's been emphasizing uh, various things we, in, uh, here lately, and so uh, we're going to endeavor to continue to go after these. I believe there are things he wants us to, to experience. There's places he's wanting to take us. Are, are you wanting to go those places? Mm. You know, we have, we have so much available to us. Do you want it? You know, if you want something that, that, if you see something that you want, typically you have to put something else aside. Right? You have to lay something else aside if you want when you see something that you want, it, you have to get off the interstate, right? You have to pull over to the side. Well, you know, if you want it, well, then you'll do something tonight. Amen? Praise God. Let's read here in John chapter 4. I can keep going, but, but let's just get to it. John chapter 4, verse 23. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshiper, worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is a spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. There's something that, that I've said that uh, uh, the Lord has dealt with me about. There's an invitation for us to step up in some areas and, and step up in the things of God and our understanding of him and, and uh, experiencing him. And this is one of the things that, that the Lord is emphasizing. Uh, we've been talking about the, the subject of worship. And uh, God is seeking for the individuals who will worship him. I said this before, he's not necessarily seeking for the worship while he enjoys it. He's looking for those whose hearts are towards him. That he's see Think about that. God is seeking such. We seek a lot of things. This is something that God seeks after. He's seeking after those who will worship him in spirit and truth. And we said that worship in spirit and truth is uh, in spirit, just meaning, uh, of course, by the aid of the Holy Spirit. Thank God that he sent us a helper even in this area to help us. We're not alone in any area. But that also means with our hearts, with, with you, your, your full heart, your attention on him in spirit and in truth with nothing hidden. And uh, we don't have time to go into everything that we've talked about in the past. You can go back on the website and listen to those things. There's a, uh, some things we want to touch on tonight. So we've been talking about this. And um, I tell you, there's, I, just, I just will say, if, you have, if this hasn't sparked your interest yet, Keep paying attention. Keep paying attention. There is, there, is, there is some pretty incredible things awaiting us if we'll just make some adjustments, under, uh, broaden our horizon of understanding a little bit, and then step into these things. Amen. I mean, pastor's been talking on, on you know, the coming restoration, the power of God, the glory of God. He talked about it this morning. And you realize this isn't just some sort of a, 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 a future idea, this grandiose idea, wouldn't it be great? This is actually God's will. This is his purpose. There is coming a restoration of these things. And so we can already tell some of these things are already happening, but there's more. And so let's not be satisfied with what we've seen. Let's go after more. Let's go after more. Let's just, just to have more of what he's got, what he has to offer. Amen. Let's sample more of his menu. Whew, I'll tell you what, good things lie ahead. Hallelujah. Good things lie ahead. Amen. Uh, a, couple weeks or a couple weeks ago, the last time I ministered on a Sunday night, we just talked about some reasons just to kind of lay a foundation 
for why we we're to offer thanksgiving praise and worship and and just as a quick recap we won't read all the scriptures but it's important uh that we know these things the first one is anyone remember what number one was the first reason why we worship we praise and give thanks to him anybody remember because god told us to, because he said to you know there is just something about just simply obeying god I, 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 never, I never forget, I'm always reminded of, of Mary, the first miracle Jesus performed, recorded miracle that Jesus performed. He said, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. It's like Doug's example about you know, the $18,000 to pay cash for his embroidery machine. Now, you might think, well, that's, you know, I, I don't understand that. We don't need to be limited by what we understand. And that's actually, I just said a mouthful, actually. <laughs> we don't need to be limited by what we understand. Our ways are not his ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. They're so much farther above us. Let's not limit what God can do by what our old pea brains can understand. I'm talking to myself as well. There's a lot of things. If the Lord tells you to do something, now only do it if the Lord tells you to do it. The Lord didn't tell you to write an $18,000 check when there's nothing in there. You better not write it. That thing's going to bounce to the moon if you do that, right? But if the Lord tells you to do it, even, even when things don't make sense, if you know God has spoken to you, if you'll simply take him at his word, you're setting yourself up to move at, uh, to operate at a level of wisdom that is beyond yourself. Why did that happen? It's because Doug just simply obeyed God. Had Doug not obeyed God, then, then how, how old did it work out? He doesn't know. I don't know either. I don't know. He said he doesn't know. Why would I know? But, you know, you don't need to know everything to, to enjoy the, 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 the blessing and the roar for just simply obeying God. We're about to take it. We're about to go to Louisiana in a couple days, and we're going to fly out there. I don't, understand, I don't under, understand everything about airplanes, but that's all right. I don't need to understand everything about airplanes. That's Amy's job. She's flying us, so that's her job to understand what, what, what she needs to know. But I don't need to know everything. If we just limit our, what we understand, well, I'm not going to do something unless I get, have all the details. We're going we're gonna to fall short. Even in our everyday life, you're going to miss out on a lot of stuff. We do this all the time. Do you realize our walk with God is not that complicated? We practice this in our daily life all the time. Just simply trust. That's all it is, just trust. Just trusting and in, in just trusting it. We trust in things all the time. I don't need to know all the details of how the airplane works. I just trust that it works, and, I, and then I enjoy the ride, right? Well, you know, Doug just simply did what God told him to do, and so there was a blessing there for him. Well, if we'll just simply do what he says, there's reward for us. There's something waiting for us. Amen. So I encourage you, just whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Well, I don't know what the Lord's telling me to do. Well, listen. Listen, right? Just Listen. Praise God. You can go back and listen to that message from a couple weeks ago. Number two, we, we worship him, we praise him, we offer thanks to him because he's worthy. You know, if nothing else, we, the Lord, we know that we're told to do it, but then beyond that, he's worthy of our praise. He's worthy. You know, he's worthy of your praise no matter how your day's going. He's worthy of your praise no matter what, what's happening around you. He's worthy of your praise. Amen? And then we talked about number three was for his benefit. You do it for him. That uh, he is honored and he is blessed. He gets great joy out of our thanksgiving, out of our praise, and out of our worship. I said this, you know, what, isn't it awesome to know that you can do something that will bless the blesser? The one who, who laid, the, the father who sent his son, the son who laid down his life, the Holy Spirit who came to live and dwell with us. We can do something that would be a blessing to those, the, the, the Lord God, 
who has been such a great blessing to us. Awesome. It doesn't require you laying down your life naturally speaking, but it does require laying down uh, your, your will, right? And offering your thanksgiving to him. It's an act, it's a, it's a decision that you make. Well, amen. So we do it because it's a blessing to him. And then the last one was for our benefit. You know, anytime you um, uh, spend time obeying him, anytime you, you focus on him, he's just such a good God that, that he always gives back to us. You can't outgive God. And everything that he does, he wants to bless us. Are you out there tonight? No matter what we do, he, he wants to bless you. And so, you know, those, those four things, you can go back, go back and listen to that in more detail. But I want you to turn with me tonight to um, Psalms 100. I just want to touch on a few things, and then there will be uh, just some random uh, thoughts that I want to throw in. Uh, that will be a help. Somebody said, uh-oh, over there. There will be some, just some things that... Uh, uh, we want to look at tonight. But there are three realms here, there are three areas that, that we're, we're talking about. And we're going to fo- focus on the last one in, uh, in a little more detail or a little more emphasis rather. But uh, the areas of thanksgiving, praise, and worship. I'm going to read um, uh, these scriptures here. In Psalms chapter 100, verse 1, it says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and, and not we ourselves. I tell you, David had some things figured out, didn't he? We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Notice in verse 4 it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Back up to uh, Psalms, the 99th chapter. Just back one, 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 uh, one chapter in Psalms 99. Verse 5, it says, exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. He is holy. So we have in these two verses, there's many, many others that instruct us to, to uh, uh, about, talk about thanksgiving, praise, and about worship. Uh, thanksgiving... Uh, of course, we know these things, thanksgiving, praise, and worship are all types of prayer. And, they, and, and Brother Hagin had said, and I believe this is true, that this is the highest form of prayer. That's something that the Lord has been emphasizing here. So this is connected to the thing that he's calling us to do, the area that he's calling us. It's the highest form of prayer. Uh, prayer is just simply communication with God. When we praise, give thanksgiving, praise, and worship, we are commuting, communicating with God. Do you realize that our, our time, uh, it, it is not... A portion of service it is communication with the father so we don't need to compartmentalize things and and to put them on natural terms it's communication with him and it's a part of prayer and in fact it's the highest thing of prayer and we know that it's something that the lord is seeking after so we're just look at here uh, uh, uh different things go with me over to philippians chapter four thanksgiving praise and worship real quickly we'll just break down what the three are and uh, look at, um, there's, more, there's more detail we can go into this, but we're, we're not going to. But we'll look at a few things here. Uh, that'll be a help to us and, and kind of help see, we can see where we're at. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Thanksgiving is something we offer in response to what the Lord is doing for us, what he's done. That's what Thanksgiving is. 
It is, it is in response to what God is doing. Now, Thanksgiving, it says here, uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving, let your requests be made known with God. See, faith counts that you have it before you see it manifest. When you ask him, you believe that you have it then, right? And so we're able to offer Thanksgiving for what he's done because we believe that he's already done the things that we've asked for, Right? So your thanksgiving ought not be limited to just the things that you have manifest and you believe God for $18,000 that you thank him once you have the $18,000, once you have the embroidery machine. You thank him when you ask. You thank him when you declare it, when you claim it, right? Because you know that anything you ask of him, you have those things. So when we make our requests known to him, we do it with thanksgiving. It's thanks for what he's done. Thanksgiving is a huge thing. Per, per, uh, just even in, on human terms, a thankful person is just a great, uh, just a lot more pleasurable to be around than a non-thankful person, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so just a, a, in our approach with him, being thankful, we have a lot to be thankful for that God has done in our lives. We have a lot to be thankful for that he's done for us. And so uh, thankfulness is something that, that we need to maintain. It's easy to get out of the habit of being thankful. It's, it's really as easy to get out of the habit of being thankful. We can, we can reduce our thanksgiving to something we only do during service. One of the things that, that, that's important, I think we have different ones have said it before, our life, our Christian walk is not a church thing, it's a life thing. It's not how we do church or how we do segments even of a service. It's how we do life. And so developing and maintaining a thankful heart is a, it is one of the highest forms of prayer. One of the highest forms of communication with God is, is the first area is having a thankful heart, being thankful. And it's easy to, uh, uh, to, to get to the place to where, where we take things that God is doing for granted right? That, that we're not really thankful. What he's, if you really were to break it down, the grace of God, how good he is, there's not an area of our life every day that's not touched by the grace of God. That's why in all things, in every situation, you can be thankful. I'm going to tell you, if none of us, we wouldn't ask this, but, but if you were to ask the Lord, remove his grace from your life, just to see what life would be like without his grace, I tell you, what, that's not a life that you're going to want to live. Yeah, we're, we're all good like this. That's right. I mean, you remove the grace of God. Just imagine that even, even on a most base layer, the, the sense of hopelessness that would, that would invade your life. You ever been in a situation where, where hopelessness tried to get a hold of you? I think we've all been there at some point, right? Where the enemy tries to bring this, a spirit of, of dread and hopelessness into your life. What's he trying to do? He's trying to sell you something that isn't real, Right? But imagine where the grace of God is removed from your life and that's all you have is hopelessness. I mean, even people who aren't born again don't know him. They don't understand the grace of God that is extended toward them. I mean, they just don't understand it. Even, even not in a relationship with him, he's so good that he does all of these things for people. I mean, if they were to live completely free of the grace of God, I, 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 you, know, I mean, the, the, you can't even stand to live. You couldn't even stand to live. But his goodness is in every area of our life. And so we need to, to develop a heart and a habit and a heart of thankfulness to him. You know, one of the things that's helped me in the last uh, few years is, is this area. And in, in, in uh, 
God becoming more real to me on a personal level. Maybe here tonight and you say, well, you know, I love God, but as far as the reality of his presence with you on an ongoing basis and, and getting to know him better, start being thankful. Start recognizing his hand in your life and acknowledging that and thank him for what he's doing in your life. And when you get up in the morning, you can say, God, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for getting me through the night. I mean, you, there's so many things you can be thankful for. Now, this may seem really simple, but if we start taking account of the goodness of God in our life, it, it, once you start paying attention to things, you start seeing more, right? Ever, ever bought a car, a car that you just had, you love to have, and, and, and you didn't see it that often, but as soon as you bought it, they're everywhere, right? I mean, you guys helped me, got me this Jeep, you know, and every, now there's Jeeps everywhere. I guess everybody's buying Jeeps because I bought a Jeep. <laughs> No, they're everywhere because I got one. Now I'm seeing them everywhere. On the way here today, there was a guy in front of me with a Jeep. I looked over to the right of the gas station. A guy at the gas station had a Jeep. <laughs> then a guy pulled out on the other way. He had, I'm like, everybody's got, everybody's got Jeeps now. It must be a thing. <laughs> well, when you start noticing something, when you, make, you start paying attention, you start noticing more things. So if you start noticing God more in your life, there's a, there's a small chance you might actually start participating with them a little bit more as well, right? <laughs> well, everywhere you turn, you're seeing the goodness of God, his hand on your life. I tell you, that changes your perspective. That changes your outlook on things, right? So a, a thankful heart is, is, a, is a very, very, very important thing. It's one of the base elements of our relationship with him, being thankful. But, you know, thankfulness is not enough. So thankfulness is not enough. Thankfulness is not enough. There, it goes a step beyond that. Go with me over to um, uh, go to Psalms 103, Psalms 103rd chapter. And you look back and, and read the Bible and, and uh, study the Old Testament. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm always uh, just shocked at all the crazy things the children of Israel did. You ever thought, if I was back there... I'd have, I'd, have, I'd have thumped those knuckleheads upside the head. What's wrong with you? Have you ever thought that? I, they just were always falling for stuff, making mistakes, and, and just missing the mark all the time. There's a reason why. Well, obviously, there's reasons why. There's reasons why they just continually failed to reach where they should have reached. In Psalms 103, verse 7, it says, He, talking about God, made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of God. I'm going to read that again. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of God. See, the children of God were thankful for what God was doing, but they never bothered to get to know God's ways. There's a difference. You know, every time, this is a side note, every time God does something for you, whether it's believing God for the money for the, from the machine. Heal, some healing in your body, something that, that you're trusting in God for, you realize that the answer to that thing that you're trusting for, that you're believing for, that you're asking God for, that is not the end of the, uh, of the transaction. That's not the end of the transaction. That's not the end of the process. So what are you talking about? When God does something for you that you've asked or claimed, yes, it's an answer of prayer, and it's uh, something that it's an answer, it's a response from him, and we're to be thankful for that, but we ought to go from being just being thankful of that to then learn the reason why or the, the condition behind the things of, of God's nature 
that cause those things to come to us. You're believing God for something in your body. We'll just pick something. You, you've got a hurt knee. Steve messed his knee up playing football years ago and believed God for, for his knee to be fixed, his knee to be healed. And so the Lord healed his knee. Now, you, he thanked God for that, didn't you? Now, if you, if you only took it that far but didn't go past that, then you're only thankful for one thing. The next time something comes up, you're having to ask again and start over from, from, a, from the, stand, the same place he was when he asked for his knee to be healed. Now, if you ask for your knee to be healed and the Lord heals your knee, you thank God for that, but then you start looking a little bit closer, why did he do this? It's because he's my healer. You see, there's a difference. You believe God for some finances in your life. He meets the need. You thank God for that. But you take it a step farther. How did, how did he meet that? Why did he meet that? Is it, was it a one-time deal? No, it's part of his nature. He's your provider. Right? See, these things, when you begin to learn these things and be thankful for them, but then go a step further than that, you not only, yes, you're thankful for what he's done and you're recognizing these things, but then you're learning the lesson behind them as well and that's seeing who God is. So the next time something comes up, you're learning more and more of who he is. And so the answer is that much easier to receive and to participate with him because you're learning who he is. Things come that would try to bother you. They're suddenly not bothering you anymore. Why? Because you know who your dad is. You know his nature. Oh, oh, this has come up. Well, God is my provider. You're thankful for what he's done in the past, but you've learned the lesson of these things. Has anybody ever believed God? Finance is a good area. You have something in your, in your life, a need that you have, and you've got that sense of, of desperation. I got to have this. I got to have this. And God comes through for you. And then, you know, it's just like with, with, with finances, there's always going to be needs that keep coming, your, keep coming your way, especially if you do this. There's always needs going to come your way. The next time something comes, what happens? You get that same sense of, I got to... The nervousness that tries to get a hold of you, right? The enemy tries, tries to get you, get you on edge. Listen, if you'll learn your lesson when that comes, the next time around, that shouldn't, that shouldn't affect you the same way. Your ability to trust in him should be easier because not only did he meet your needs last time, you learned your lesson from that as well. You began to see who he is in that situation. So the next time, the children of Israel kept messing it, God, missing it because God would do something for them and they would celebrate the answer but not learn the lesson. He was continually giving them opportunities to learn who he was so that when it came to actually go into the promised land, they would go. Instead, there was all these examples that they were thankful. We thank you that, that you led us by day. You led us at night. We're thankful that you caused water to come out of the rock. We're thankful for that. But they didn't learn their lesson. How do you know? Because when they got to the, to, they got to the uh, promised land, the spies went in and 10 said, we can't do it because we're like grasshoppers in their eyes. And the two said, we, can, we are more than able. Let's go up and take the land. Two had learned their lesson. The lesson, the lesson was, listen, if God is for you, no one can be against you. If God said it was yours, it's ours. We don't have to worry about what it looks like. If he can have water come out of a rock, he can cause us to take that mountain. But they didn't learn their lesson. They were just thankful, but they didn't go to the next step. You understand what I'm saying? So you can be thankful for something, but there's a step beyond that. Learn something beyond that. And praise is where that goes. Praise is learning, it is really talking about and celebrating and becoming accustomed with who God is. We sing songs. You know, what's the song that we sing? Um, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. No, that's an old, old song. What's, what's, uh, I just went back to the 80s on that one. 
What's, what's, a, what's a, my God is a big God, right? My God is, oh, come on now, hold up, hold up. What, what are the words of that song? Yeah, I'm taking requests. I'll sing for you. No, you don't want that, but anyway. My God is a big God, he shall supply my need. You're talking about the nature of God. You're talking about who he is. That's praise. You're thankful, thank you for what you've done, but then you take it a step further, you start praising him for who he is. See, that, that's part of communication. It's part of, our, our, it's part of the highest form of prayer. Listen, God knows who he is, but it's important that we know who he is, and it's good to celebrate who God is. He is incredible. It's good to praise him for those things. He is your provider. He is your healer. Amen. Thanksgiving is important, but you go a step further. It just gets you into the, notice, enter into his, did we read the scripture in Psalms? Yeah, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. You can't get into the court if you don't first get in the door, into the gate. But once you get into the gate, there's somewhere else to go. Now it's into the court. So the temple had walls around it. There was a gate. Then there was courts that you could go. And so, uh, oh, Lord, how, where do I go from here? It's important we take that next step. It's important that we take that next step. And let me go back and say this. Remember, your, your heart is not in what your head is not on. Your mind must be involved in this, right? Your mind is the connection between the, this realm and the realm of the Spirit. So it's important to discipline yourself to keep your heart connected, but your heart stays connected with where your mind is, what your mind is on right? And so I just want to keep throwing that out. We have to, well, how do I get there? Well, have your mind on him. When we're praising him, be thinking about what he's done for you. But stay aware of those things. Not just sing a song because it's a song, but what's the song talking about? And let me just say this too. Thanksgiving, praise, and worship isn't necessarily a song. It's not necessarily a song. Now I'm starting, now I'm starting to deviate all over the place. It's not necessarily a song. It can be a song, but you know, just coming in and singing a song doesn't mean you're giving thanks or praising him or worshiping him, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that's what's happening. It's not a beat. It's not a tempo. It's, it's none of those things. It's a response of your heart, amen? So we have Thanksgiving. We have, we have praise. Uh, <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Where are we going to go now? Go with me over to um, Ezekiel. Let's go to the uh, 44th verse, Ezekiel 44. Hallelujah. And you can hold your place there, and I want to just flip over real fast to a fee, or Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 13. We looked at this already, but I want to touch on it again real quick. Hebrews chapter 13. When you're there, say, praise God. Well, you guys are fast. Hebrews chapter 13 says, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice to pray, of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks, give, giving thanks to his name. You know, the, the subject of thanksgiving and praise is considered a sacrifice. And I just want to say that because, you know, we're all human, and... Uh, it's easy for things to deter us from doing what the Lord has asked of us. 
And it's easy for us to get our attention off on things that ought not be on and not be effective. Uh, Thanksgiving and praise are a sacrifice. It's a decision that you make. You know, being a person of thanksgiving and true thanksgiving and true praise to God is something that every person can do. Every believer can do this. You can. Everybody can. There, I've heard people say, you know, it's just hard for me to, to when we have service together, it's hard for me to uh, really connect during praise and worship. I've had people say that. And, and at some point, we've all been there, haven't we? Uh, things are going on. Distractions are going on. It's a sacrifice to put those things aside and put your attention on him, but you can do it. You can do it. And I just want to just mention that because uh, oftentimes we're all faced with, when we come together, whether it be at church or even in our own private time, the opportunity to make that sacrifice. You don't do it when it's convenient. You do it because it's necessary and right and your heart's in it. Right? And we come together and, and you know, uh, we've been talking about this here lately and Pastor said this morning and uh, last week mentioned this, you know, what would our services look like if people all came in and, and their heart was on God and their attention was on Him? You know, what would things look like? Well, how does that happen? It's because we make a sacrifice. We, he read the scriptures this morning talk about being in one accord, right? Every person. How are we ever going to get to the place where everybody's in one accord? What does it mean to have one heart? It's not all sitting in the same car, being in one accord. But anyway, no, uh, that's, that's having the same boo, yes. That's having the same heart. How, how, how is that going to happen? It's going to happen by people making the decision to lay things aside and while we're here, putting our attention on him. Something that, that has been a help to me over the years is, uh, you know, I, I don't open my eyes a lot. This just might help some of you. You know, things can be distracting. People can be distracting. You know, whether or not you offer the sacrifice of praise really isn't dependent upon what anybody else is doing. If, if we'll not give ourselves a pass because of what somebody else is doing, but just take care of our own business, we're all each individually getting ourselves in one accord. But it's a sacrifice. When you're believing God for something, maybe you've got symptoms in your body and you come in and your body's screaming at you, or the enemy's messing with your mind, or you've got a need that's talking real big to you, something going on at home that, that's got your attention. When you, whether you're on your own or here, you put that aside and just begin to thank him for what he's done. What are you asking for? What are you believing for? So don't wait to thank until you have it. Thank because you've asked him, because you know you have what you ask of him, right? And then begin to praise him for who he is, his nature, right? That's a sacrifice. It requires us to discipline our flesh. Each one of us can do this. You know, the more you discipline your flesh, the easier it gets, so the easier it gets. The more we discipline our flesh, the easier it gets. It's tough at first, but if you'll do it, tell you, there's such rich dividends that are there for you, amen? So I told you to go over to Ezekiel 44. So thanksgiving is just uh, being thankful, giving, give, acknowledging, thanking him for what he's done in your life. Praise is really just a celebration of who God is, a declaration of who he is, amen? It says in uh, Ezekiel chapter 44, Let's read verse 10. It says, And the Levites who went far from me, and the Levites who went far from me, when Israel went astray, who, uh, when Israel went astray, who strayed away from me after their idols, they shall bear their iniquity. They shall be ministers in my sanctuary and gatekeepers of the house 
and ministers of the house. They shall slay the burnt offerings and the sacrifice for the people, and they shall stand before them to minister to them. Now, there had been a time here where uh, different ones of the Levites had rebelled against God. Israel had rebelled. They rebelled. And um, because of their rebellion, the Lord was saying, was, was making uh, some decrees here, was putting up some rules uh, for these particular. The Levites were in charge of the house. They were in charge of the temple. They are in charge of the worship and the sacrifices that went on. Verse 13 says, And they shall not come near me to minister to me as priests, nor come near any of my... Uh, near any of my holy things, nor into the, into the most holy place, but they shall bear their shame and their uh, abominations which they have committed. Now, these particular Levites were allowed to come into the temple and minister to the people, but they weren't allowed to minister to him. They were allowed to come into the temple and minister the needs of the people, but they weren't allowed to minister to God because of their disobedience. Notice it says that they, verse 13, they shall not come near me to minister to me as priest. Just real quickly, talking about the difference between thanksgiving, praise, and worship. Thanksgiving is thank for being recognizing him for what he's done in your life, thanking him for what he's done. Praise is, is just celebrating who he is. You know, those things are things that are all, they all minister to us. And they're considered sacrifices, and yes, they, God is blessed by them, but they also bless us. We have a service worth thanking God for his goodness. It, you leave energized by that. You, le you, leave, you, should, be, you should leave uh, 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 progressing in your walk with him as far as you're built up and, and encouraged, right? But it says here that th these priests had come in, but they couldn't minister to him. Verse 15 says, but the priests, the Levites, the son of Zadok, who kept charge of my sanctuary, when the children of Israel went astray from me, they shall come near me to minister to me, and they shall stand before me to offer me the fat uh, and the blood, says the Lord. They shall enter my sanctuary, and they shall come near my table to minister to me, and they shall, they shall keep my charge. What in the world are you talking about? Remember, we, we're talking about there is, there is a progression, thanksgiving. Begin to thank him for what he's done, but it's not the end of the lesson. You go farther than that and you learn who God is. You learn his nature. You learn, you, you learn the lesson of the things that he does in your life. But then you have an opportunity to go past that and actually minister to the Lord. You have an opportunity to go past that and, and minister to the Lord. The Bible says that, that we bring the sacrifice of praise, that is thanksgiving, us giving thanks to his name. Those are, those are sacrifices. Those acts are sacrifices. Putting our flesh under and, and acknowledging him, being thankful to him, celebrating who he is, learning of his nature and celebrating that. Those are sacrifices. But worship takes it a step further that, that now it's become, we become the sacrifice to him. We are the sacrifice. We get to minister to him. That may not seem like a big deal, but there is a difference between thanksgiving, praise, and worship. And each step gets you closer to who he is. If you go back to John, the, the, the first verse we read, that kind of the foundation scripture of all of this. Uh, John chapter... Uh, for I'm kind of hopping around a little bit tonight. Is this making sense to everybody? <laughs> John chapter 4 says, The hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. This word worship carries the connotation of actually coming alongside and kissing. It's a very intimate, very personal thing. 
We know in, um, uh, in Romans, you can turn over there in Romans, talking about that we've received the spirit of adoption in Romans chapter 5. Verse 14, we know the scriptures, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, verse 15, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Can you see that, that because of our position with him and who he's made us to be in Christ, we can go past thanking him for what he's done and even celebrating his character where we can then begin to just fellowship with him on a personal level. See, our real worship, we come together and a lot of times in just our lives, we give thanks and we praise him, but we don't often and don't always really offer worship to the Lord. A personal connection and expression of your love to him. Notice God is seeking for such who will worship him. Why was mankind created in the first place to have an intimate relationship with God? Not to be servants and to see him from afar, but to actually get to know him. Can you see that? See, it, it, we have the ability in worship to actually draw near to him on an intimate level and as if it were to kiss the Father. Actually, that's actually an amazing thing. We have that ability, and he's looking for those who will do that. He's looking for those who will, who will do this. You know, Israel missed their opportunity to be these people. In Exodus, I'll just read this to you. In Exodus chapter 19, um, he says, And you shall be a kingdom to me, a priest, a holy nation. These are the words that you will speak to the children of Israel. God was speaking to Moses, and he says, You shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. People who can go into the very holiest of holies and love him, fellowship with him. It, uh, you know, of course, you know the story uh, of that in Exodus chapter 20. Uh, the children of Israel, they saw all the things that were happening on the mountain. They said, listen, you talk to God for us. They declined their opportunity. Now, what, did all this, what does this have to do? Now, no, remember, these are the people that didn't go into the promised land. These are the people who missed their opportunity. It's because they said, God, you know, Moses, you talked to God for us. They were allowed to give thanks and praise, but they, they weren't allowed to come on a personal level to him. Go over to uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter the second chapter. Now, that, that was their opportunity. What, how things that would have turned out differently for the children of Israel had they actually taken God up on his, his offer? Actually taken him up on what he was making available to them. In 1 Peter chapter 2, and verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Every single person who is a child of God has an opportunity to have an intimate relationship with him and to come in and offer not just thanksgiving and praise, but take it a step further and actually worship him. You know, one of the things that the Lord has had on my heart for us as a church is to take the next step in these areas. I said that we have an invitation to move up into some things. 
And we do that by being very intentional with, with what we do. Actually having a member in spirit and in truth led by the Holy Ghost with our hearts involved with nothing hidden. He's looking for that. He's looking for that opportunity. He's looking for those who will do that. You know, there are, there are many things in the word that, that are taught that the teaching alone of these things uh, can, can get us to the place to where uh, the, te- the teaching is good. Other things you need, you need not only have teaching, but you need to begin to experience some things. The, the blessing of this and the reward of this is something that we have to know what the word says, see the value behind it, but then go after it. You know, the Lord is inviting us as a church to move up. And, and pastor's been talking about the coming restoration of what God has for us and what he wants to do. Whether these things happen or not really have a lot to do with our approach to him and how we approach him, how we come to him. You know, as a congregation, as a church, and I put myself included, it's easy for us when we come together to, to only go so far, to only go a certain distance. Well, if, if, if we limit ourselves as a group and we limit ourselves in our own personal life, how far we go, we'll never begin to experience that intimate relationship where he can just be himself around us. You see what I'm saying? You know, there, there is an invitation, like I said, for us to move up in these things. Uh, there are some other things we could talk about tonight. But I really don't feel like we should do that. I want the band to come back up. What I'd like to see is for us to have a new habit of how we come together. A new habit or even just a little more refined approach to how we approach God. Being a little more intentional with our approach to him when we come together. If... if now, there are things the Lord, pastor said, what would our services look like? Well, they will look very, even better than what we could possibly imagine. They'll look even better than what we could even think of they'll look like. But we have to be intentional in how we approach him. Our hearts engaged, being deliberate about what we're doing. If we'll begin to do this and develop an awareness of him and learn to put other things aside, we'll begin to experience God like we never have before. God had servants. He wanted sons and daughters. He had creatures who had to serve him because they had no choice. But he wanted sons and daughters. You know, God has invited you to experience life as his son. Experience life as his daughter. To experience a relationship that's an intimate Abba Father relationship. To, to, to belong to a group of people in a body where God is able to just be dad and kids. You know, when you go to, when you're, when you're, go to somebody's house, if it's not your own family, things are different than in your own home. You're, you're really who you are when you're at your house, right? You're relaxed, nothing held back. When, as a kid, you go into your parents' house, you know, you're, you're at home there. You can be yourself and everything they have is yours. You go to somebody that's just an acquaintance, if that's what, how your relationship is, you're not really free to be yourself. Well, God wants to have an environment in us to be used to just being with him and letting him just be dad to us. 
It's a step further than being God to us. It's being dad to us. You understand what I'm saying? How will things look? Things will look pretty incredible, I have a feeling. God is looking for opportunities for our relationship to go to the next level, our services to go to the next level. You know, it's not about having necessarily, it's having the best service. It's about just, listen, whoever you're, whoever you're spending time with, you start looking like them. I mean, you know, when you're, when you're with somebody, you start reflecting them. The Bible says that we're to be imitators of God as dear children. How can we imitate him if we're not comfortable being around him? Or if we only, our approach to him is a reserved approach. I have to ask myself, you know, how many times when I come together or let's lay church aside, in my own personal life, do I approach God on a personal level? Do I actually, in, in service or, or on my own personal, personal home, actually sing to him or am I singing about him? Right? It's good to sing about him, but isn't it better to sing to him? I mean, isn't it, isn't it better to, to, you see the difference there, don't you? Is to not just know who he is, but then actually begin to enjoy who he is, participate with who he is. I want everybody to stand up. Like I said, I believe the Lord would, is leading us to, to, as a congregation, make a commitment to take our time together and our opportunities that we have to, to step up in these areas. And so I want to take a few minutes and just worship God. A couple of things that, that I think will help us. It helps me. You know, how many of you realize that God is with us? And you realize that everything we do in our walk with him, it's based upon faith. You understand that, don't you? In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Pastor read this this morning, and I'll read it to you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, there's just a couple of things I, I think will be a help to us. You might say, well, okay, Pastor, I get this, but, but as, well, let's say this. As you begin to taste, you'll see that this is really good. Yeah. <laughs> right? Some things can be taught. Other things have to be caught. You can put enough out there and to see that there's something for you, but until you get a taste of it, it's not going to carry the weight that God wants it to carry in your life. You understand what I'm saying? But in this scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Pastor read it this morning, verse 16, says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? The Amplified says, Do you not discern and understand that you, the whole church at Corinth, are God's temple, His sanctuary, and that God's Spirit has His permanent dwelling in you? Everybody say permanent dwelling. That God's Spirit has His permanent dwelling in you to be at home in you collectively as a church and also individually. Now this is something that will help you if, if praise, worship, thanksgiving, this time of service you know, that we have collectively and on your own. If you struggle in this area, know this. This will be a help to you that the presence of God, God Himself has made His home in you. He's with you. When we come together, the word says we're two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst of them, right? Now he was talking about the prayer of agreement, but, but also it's true in, in, in the other sense as well. That we come together, he's here with us. So when we come before the Lord, and this is 
It says collectively and individually in 1 Corinthians. So on your own, God is in you. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That means he's with you, right? He'll send the Holy Spirit to dwell with you and he'll be with you forever. We know that as well. So the Spirit of God is with you. He's always with you. So when you come to him, simply on you believe, you believe the basis of the word, know that he's here. Don't wait to feel something to believe that he's here. See, that's why we, we offer the sacrifice of praise. When we don't feel like doing it, we do it anyway. We discipline our flesh. We don't wait for a feeling to feel like doing it. We do it because it's a sacrifice because there's a greater reality that we're acknowledging right now. You understand? And so you know that he's with you. So know tonight that he's with you. Understand tonight that he's with us tonight. Tomorrow when you get up, he's with you. And another thing that's helpful, that's always been a help to me, is understand that you're in the presence of God right now. Whether you sense anything or not, you're in his presence. We've been raised and seated together with Christ in heavenly places. There's a, there's a positional side, a, 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 um, a positional side of our walk and an experiential side of our walk with God. The word, the Bible says of Christ, we have certain things. We're with him, we're in his presence. And that Spirit of God dwells on the inside of us. But He also wants us to experience those things as well. So it is just a help to you that as you lift your hands, after you lift your heart tonight, in the morning, when you're being thankful, you're praising Him, you come to Him and just, I wake up in the morning and I say, Lord, I love you. I just made it a habit. Get out of bed. Good morning, Lord, I love you. I just made it a habit to do it. But it's not just words. I say, I actually mean it. I wake until I'm actually awake. I don't give Him a groggy praise. But I'm actually awake and, and I just say, Lord, I love you. It's good to be your kid. And I know that he hears me because he's right there with me. And so I can say it boldly just like I would say it to my wife. I can say it to him because I know he's right there. And I, and I, and I, and I begin to experience his, his, his presence because I'm there. He's with me. I don't have to feel it. My positional reality, I trust that. And then I begin to experience those things as well. You understand what I'm saying? And so tonight, you know, I just want us to take a few minutes and worship him, to, to just love on him for a few minutes. You know, I would say discipline your flesh. You know, don't let distractions get you. Don't let distractions get your attention. You know, a lot of times people are looking around, you know, your attention ought to be on him. Learn how to do this. It'll be a help to you. Amen. Praise God. And we said this before in other weeks, express what's in your heart. Don't just sing a song, but express what's in your heart. A song is good. For me, I'll sing a song, but then I'll stop singing the song in the middle of the song and just express what's on the inside of me. Just what's coming up. I'll begin to talk about those things and begin to worship Him about what we're singing about. Right? Well, praise God. I think that those ought to be helps to you. Praise God. Let's just love on Him for a few minutes. Let's just bless Him. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.